0: This Tuesday, Ireland head to Sweden In a bid to keep their World Cup hopes alive Five yards out, in towards O'Sullivan with the header And the hat trick Full live and exclusive commentary on Tuesday at 5.30 Only on OTB Sports Radio OTB AM With Gillette, get into your flow With the new Gillette Labs Razor With Exfoliating Bar Alan Quinlan, good morning to you, how are you? Morning, lads. How are you? The Limerick leader are confidently predicting that Graham Rentry has been given the job. They're reporting that this morning. Are you hearing something similar?
1: Uh, I am, yeah. Um, obviously, it's, it's not confirmed and I, I can't confirm it, but that's what I'm hearing. Um, and I think it's a good appointment. I think um, some people would possibly want um, a bigger name with respect to Graham, uh, you know, coming from a uh, head coach role in, in in another top job or an international coach or something like that. But um I think the most important thing, Jared, here is I think it's a good call if Graham Rontree gets it because I think they need some consistency as regards knowing the players, knowing the problems and and trying to address them, knowing the culture, um, the little, you know, things you know about players' habits, all that kind of stuff. Who works hard, who needs to be G'd up a little bit more um, how to motivate the group um, I think the most important thing here is is if he gets the job is then who his assistant coaches are going to be and changing the game plan for me because you know we got big names the last time didn't we we got a big forwards coach in Roundtree we got a big name in, in Stephen Larkham Johan van Gran kind of came from nowhere really as regards getting the head coach job so I think the most important thing. So I would, I would, you know, if if there is Munster fans out there who think, oh God, why haven't we got a Scott Robertson or why haven't we got a Vern Cotter or some big name? I think this is a good appointment, a really good appointment because he's right at the coal face and he deserves an opportunity. But I, I, I think the really important key here is assistant coaches.
0: Is there any whispering the players? Any whisper of who that's going to be?
1: Um, I don't know. Well, Mike Prendergast, who, who I'd be close to, was, was um, being linked for a period of time. Mike has been in France for nine years, and I think he's... I've said this openly before, that um, he's very well-respected and liked uh, for the teams he's been involved with in France as regards his attack. Um, Racing or flying again, and obviously they have a big squad, but I think what he did in Iona and and... Um, was was really impressive, and Grenoble as well. And you know, Bernard Jackman openly speaks about that as well. So look, from an attack point of view, that's the most obvious change that this team needs. Um, and that's not just first phase or second phase. I think it's shape overall, skill set, uh, decision making. And we saw that again on Saturday. The the, the deficiency around decision making under pressure. And um, very obvious uh, decisions when when uh, Exeter were down to thirteen men. You know, simple hand catch pass stuff. Um, very obvious one. You know, the Ben Healy pass over the top to Shane Daly, then Craig Casey going himself. If he scores, you say right decision, but it was the wrong decision because he didn't score. But there was another one just before that um, where Mike Haley just had to put it through the hands. Munster had about a three on one, and he cut back inside. So, just game management and all that kind of stuff, and making good decisions. Um, I think. Um, so the really important ones, and I think, look, the, JP Ferreira is gone, as, is gone as well. So what monster really, really need, and this is just my opinion, is someone to inspire this group, to give them confidence. So a lot of defense coaches I've worked with over the years, um, you know, they can come in and they can give a real lift to the group regarding, you know, obviously they, they, their work rate is very good, this group, and their desire is there and they're trying trying to get stuck in and, and, and they're not lacking in that department. But just inspiring them to, you know, with the ball, without the ball, getting up, up off the ground. and So they need a massive lift, really. So I think the assistant coach is trying to gel them together and, you know, I, I know you're, it's going to be hard to get a Stuart Lancaster-type uh, uh, coach of that quality, Maybe they will. I, I don't know. But uh, I think that's really the key for me is is the assistant coaches and the way they're playing.
0: Is, is there a sense uh, within Munster at all, Alan, and this isn't necessarily in the, the, the near future, but over the next little while, that some of the coaches that they've let go do come back, the likes of Jerry Flannery and Felix Jones in particular. Now that the dust has settled a little bit, there's another change in the coaching ticket. Are conversations around those two individuals in particular uh, r- arising once again at all?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Owen. I think um, with Felix and Jerry, obviously, it's it's pretty recent since they've left. Um, both have been doing really well. So I, I I doubt if that will happen. I'm sure they will interest them um, if if those play coaches were available or interested. But who knows if Graham Roundtree gets it? He's got to select his own coaches um, uh, and see who he knows in the game and who he thinks will fit the job. I think he will understand the frustration out there. He can hear the mood music. He can hear the noise from the fans. He can see the frustration himself. Um, And I think they have to change their whole approach, Um, maybe to the media, to the public, to the way they speak to the fans, to the messages that are coming out, because um, it seems, and again, this is something that I feel is a situation that they don't often get the noise and the music, the mood music that's out there. I know a lot of teams and a lot of sporting organisations. You kind of have to, you know, rally the troops, be try keep be resilient and block out some of the the unfair criticism. But I think it's gone on too long now. You have to understand that there's a frustration there that is blatantly obvious to see. And it's been going on for a long time now. We've seen um, green shoots, if, if you like, of of some performances in the last number of years. But the same thing has been said over and over. When you get to the business end of the season, it's coming down to uh, structure and game plan. Look, to be fair, there's also a frustration maybe after the weekend that like they did show incredible heart. They did show incredible desire and effort and work rate. Just look at Keith Earls' tackle you know some of the defending on the line i think exeter were in the their 22 double digits and scored two tries but the effort and on all that people are getting sick of that they want more than just effort they want to see um you know good decisions and and the team having a real cut and a go and then taking their opportunities nobody expects them to be at the level of of right at the top table but the fans want to see progression. So I think there's, there's a number of things that have to change. And I think that's, the, that's the challenge for the new head coach. Uh, build on the, the, the good young players, the positive. Um, and some of the current players who you can, I, I believe you can get more out of. And they're very, very stifled and stiff in the way they play at times. Um, and when you, when you go to in, into big, big games that you have to win against the top teams, you've got to find a way to unlock defences. And, And not rely on brute force and so going back to your original question on I don't know could you see Jerry Fannery leaving Quinns at the moment when they're you know he moved his family over to London um, probably left in disappointing circumstances um, and Felix as well who's probably being part of a Springbok squad going to a World Cup next year so I don't know
0: yeah, the, maybe that chip of sale for now for them. But certainly in the future, you'd love to see them getting back. And it's interesting how well they've done once they've got out of the system. It's not like they were, uh, you know, overachieving being in the jobs they were in in Munster. It's clearly that both of them have massive futures and hopefully massive futures involved in Irish rugby at some level. So the the performance then, um, there was, as Andy Dunne said, a mix of... Uh, old and some new and that sense that I think that one of the frustrations that Monster fans had was that the young players weren't getting a fair crack at the whip recently but every time they do they play really well and actually that's why it must be quite exciting at one level that there is a vein of talent coming through and it seems like the the pipes are finally being switched on and that Monster are finally beginning to produce their own players
1: Yeah well there, we've spoken a lot about the core um, a young group of players that have been kind of shown Sticking their heads above water for probably two seasons now. Um, Thomas Ahern is someone I think has the ability to go right to the top in this game. Um, for various different reasons, he hasn't been able to consistently get up to that speed and that level. Um, you know, you saw Ryan Baird, the way he broke through with Leinster in Ireland. Thomas Ahern was kind of in a similar situation, but... Broke down a few times with injuries. Probably had to learn a little bit more. Was a bit raw. Some guys develop a little bit later in the game. He's a phenomenal talent. John Hodnett, for me, um, who had a long time out with injury. He only came back probably in the autumn. Um, And I think he's he's someone who, you know, three turnovers in a game like that against a top English side away from home. Was right at the cold face all the way through the game. Um, even Jack O'Sullivan coming off the bench who has been picked up a few injuries of late Um, his impact off the bench was brilliant as well so um, yeah there is some positivity there I think as regards the young players and you've got to hang on to that you know you have no choice but to try and bring them through Um, and and that's something that has to happen and you've got to build on that you cannot just I've said this many times you cannot just produce a, a complete new front row of international standard. It's something props are hard to come by. Um, and that's an area where they need more depth and and, and, and some of the players to come through. Um Kenyon Knox, uh, Roman Salanoa, I think they're players that have to actually step up next year. If they're good enough they have to go there and make make that step up. Um, they have the potential to do that. So um, and I can look it's hard to keep focusing and, and, and kind of trying to fool people by this, but this is a reality. They have some very good young players who need opportunities. Chris Clote played against Leinster. You know, I was asking the question, where's John Hodnett? Chris Clote is leaving at the end of the year. You're probably going to lose the game anyway uh, against a very good Leinster side. The hope was that you, you, you Leinster Monster would obviously win it, but John Hodnett needs these type of games. He needs to learn on the run. His game isn't perfect, um, and that's what has to happen. So, um, look, if they get everybody in the field, Jar, we know this, and this is the reality. If they had everyone on the field, they're in a much stronger position. Um, the amount of players they were missing, and and you know, two two players, Zeebo and Dermot Barron, pulling out with illness as well before the game, does not help them. They need more squad depth.
0: Okay, uh, do you, what? What level of chance do you give them of going through?
1: Um. It's one of those ones where you think um, in previous years, I think that's a brilliant job. That's a, um, that's a great job to, to, to keep it to within five and possibly have won the game. But when you look back at the game and you analyze the amount of pressure they were under, you just cannot absorb that sort of pressure. Um, they they broke under that pressure the previous week against Leinster in the second half, but, um, but I think Exeter aren't as, as clinical and as dangerous a side as Leinster. So um, they couldn't punish him on that. And Munster were probably better defensively. They, they made some better reads in defence and put Exeter under a lot of pressure. So you think five points is a, is a good thing. But I'd still be very, very cautious about um, when Rob Baxter and his side look at the game. Um, they're still going to come with the same force, ferocity, set-piece, pressure, ball-carrying ability. And if they ask the same questions this week, it's going to be very, very difficult for 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 Munster to keep them out. So I think it's going to be a tight game, and certainly there'll be there will be a, um, a huge fight. And I think Carberry and O'Mahony, if they come back, will help the situation. So um, it's still a very, very difficult situation right. for for Munster, and they've a chance, but um, I wouldn't be saying they're uncertainties certainties to win this game, which is something we would have said in previous years
0: let's talk about Ulster and their win in Toulouse obviously held with the red card after 12-13 um, minutes uh, at the same time they still had to then go and take on a baying home crowd who were trying to get at the referee and who you know, who didn't who didn't manage to and they had to take their chances as well it's like classic smash and grab away from home Performance that they nearly lost at the end, which we've seen them act, we've seen them do a little bit over the course of the season, where they've been winning games, and then for whatever reason, a couple of tries late on has cost them a couple of times in uh, Europe so far, and they, they got away with one as well against Northampton. So uh, it, it's in them to have these roller coaster games. What are their what are they going to take, and how confident will they feel for the return leg?
1: I, I think mentally, Joe is the key. So many times in the last number years, we've seen these kind of performances from from Ulster, and then a drop off. And a, a vulnerability or a mental weakness, if you like, I thought they showed in, in, incredible resilience to uh, to get this to win this game. Because even with the sending off, they were they were thirteen seven down at half halftime. Um, so it wasn't a case of uh, Juan Cruz Malia was sent off after seven or eight minutes, and that uh, it was one way traffic. They were still under a lot of pressure. Toulouse went and scored again after that and took the lead. Um, the strength and depth that they have is phenomenal. Um, So I thought mentally, um, the way they were able to cope and stay calm and believe in themselves. And, you know, they did an incredible win in Claremont earlier in the season. So those kind of experiences make you a better team and take you to the next level when you get to to knock out rugby um, at this level. So, you know, I thought the fight. And look, Dwayne Vermeulen was signed by Ulster as a 35-year-old. For these types of games and I just think his presence on the field is making a, a huge difference to this team and the real key for me is that mental side of it Jerry you know, um, you know he might not be the standout player every week but his presence his physicality um, I thought Treadwell was brilliant as well for him and, and I'd be really optimistic and positive about where he's going he's improved his game become much more physical um, and then of course Balakun what a star I just think this guy has he has that x factor he's he's big he's physical and he's incredibly quick so um they become tougher they become a tougher side you go back in January and Munster were reduced to 14 men and they were dreadful in Limerick in that second half they tried to kick the ball away and 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 contain Munster and Munster punished them and won the game in the end they kept playing was the most important thing here and um you know hanging on for dear life at the end but that's a that's a big result. That's a really, really big result that puts them, in my opinion, into the quarterfinals.
0: Right. You think they're gonna see the through?
1: I think that yeah, I think they'll beat I think they'll beat Toulouse in in, in in Belfast. Um it'll be very tight and look, Toulouse are a very dangerous side. But I just think that when they're not chasing a score now, which can be a little bit dangerous because they're a type of side that that, that are better when they're they're taking chances and moving the ball a little bit um, because I, I'd be concerned about their game management. When they play with ball in hand, they're a very dangerous side and that's when they're they're really hard to beat. So I think that's what they've got to do on Friday night. Uh,
0: okay, that brings us to nicely to the uh, final game of the weekend that we need to talk about from an Ireland perspective. Um, do Connacht still have a chance?
1: <sighs> You'd like to think so, um, but... It's still going to be a, a really, really tall order. I think they'll take a fair bit out of, out of, uh, you know, the the ability to dig deep themselves and the way they reacted in the game. Um, I thought, I thought the Bumbiaki chat at the end was significant. I don't know if you saw it. Um, Connacht were in a huddle, and he was he was speaking to his his players and his team, and you could see that there was. There was something in their faces that really believed that they can go to Dublin and and and, and mix it with Leinster. Um, you've got to get everything right in a game like this. And, you know, I think from uh, from the EPCR's uh, point of view, this the, it was a perfect scenario. Um, and from Leinster's point of view, because they'll be real intrigued. The, the, the game isn't over. Um, they scored early in the game, John Porsche, and that gave them a lift. And they were ferocious. Can they do the same again? Like I said, a tall order, but I think they'd be very dangerous. Leinster would be very, very silly to underestimate um, Connacht when they get going. Um, I don't think they will, but look you have to think Leinster are just too strong and would probably be a bit frustrated that they were sloppy at times. They had Connacht on the rack near the end of the game, could have scored a couple of tries, but um, I thought it was a great reaction, wasn't it, out of Connacht?
0: Should it have been a red card?
1: Um, I wasn't definite on it, um, and I have been. I'm pretty hard on, on 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 a lot of these tackles. I just don't think he put any force going forward, and the referee said he accepted the tackle. But the letter to law, it should have been a red card. But I just don't think there was um, there was a lot of mitigation there, which which brought it down to the yellow. And I think it was I think it was probably right the yellow card.
0: It's funny because in, in commentary it seemed like they were straight away saying, this is red, it's red, and the referee talked himself into yellow straight away and then nearly talked himself back into red and decided in the end he was going to go with his instincts. Andy Friend says, fine, uh, the papers, the referees and the papers are saying red, and I guess ultimately if you're going to make the decision that we're trying to change habits so that accepting the tackle or not, he would be lower... Then it has to be red to condition people to say you can't you can't tackle your head up even if you're a little guy and he's a little guy.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying, um, and it's and it's factual. Um, I just think it's very difficult for Gibson Park to to go in a crouch position there when when Kieran Marmion um, was was being tackled. It's 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 a hard one. It's and it tells its own story. that we're having so much debate about it. Some of these are pretty pretty obvious reds. Um, I just think it's really, really. The one thing I always look for in these tackles is is that forward movement, um, and there was none of that out of Gibson Park. So it was a situation where he was Kieran Marmion came into him. Yeah, there is shoulder into the face, and I think it's the only reason. Look, if 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 it was one of your players, if it was your son playing a match. Um, you wouldn't be going up after the game to Gibson Park saying why the hell did you do that that was really dangerous what you did you you, you know it's kind of one of those ones. so I don't totally disagree with the people who are saying red but I just feel it was just below the red card scenario it could have been significant um, and he would be a loss for him because he'd probably be out this week but um, I think it was probably just about right
0: alright Alan good stuff thanks very much for joining us this morning cheers cheers lads thanks uh, the two legs definitely works we agree with that I, I guess we'll know next week with regards to some of the, the comebacks that are probably going to happen over the course of the weekend but certainly if you're looking at it from the, the three games involving the Irish teams you're pretty excited for all three of the games yeah and the back-to-back was always a very interesting week and it was a good idea in, in terms of the concept and it certainly um, it provoked rivalries but uh, is there room in the extended season for it I don't know because this is the only part of the competition where it happens yeah, yeah. Would, would a would a final? were not really work very well. Two-legged final. Yeah, but possibly you are gonna have two very good teams. Yeah, and uh, like I, I guess you have got a couple of blowouts in the final, but chances are it's the, the round where it's least likely to happen. It does. I, I don't know. Two-legged finals. Uh, the, I like the occasion of a grand final. The, like the semi-finals, maybe might be the, the the time to do it. The UEFA Cup two-legged finals used to be brilliant. What was the last one? I can't actually remember. I, yeah, is it around the same time as the Champions League? gets born so mid nineties, right? Is that when it stops? Probably. I don't have any recollection of it, to be honest.